Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight, no chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 67 of Jock Talk. I hope you're prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next uh, hour or so as we get you caught up on the Cowboys, what's going on with their defensive coordinator spot, the Super Bowl, some sad restaurant news, and going to touch real briefly, like, just like that, that fast, on your Texas Rangers as uh, pitchers and catchers get ready to report there. What up, Doc? Locked what's and loaded, 60? ready to uh, go. You got a 67 for me? 67. Um, Come on, man. Donovan, wait a minute. 67. You going to give us another old-ass Dallas Cowboy that ain't nobody thought about in 40 years? That's what I Lyman. do. That's what I do. 67. All right. I thought you was going to go with Russell Maryland, but that's just me. No, uh, nah, Russell, Russell, Russell wasn't. He was all right. But the, yeah. the, the old Cowboys, I'm talking about the old Cowboys on the McDonald's poster, dog. Okay, man. I mean, that's how you get down. That's how you get down. Roger that. Mad at um, 67 for me is always... This is a sad thing. It's always Reggie McKenzie of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The guard. Okay. Why? Because he was part of the electric, electric company that did what? 2003. 2003 yards. 2003 yards for O.J. Simpson. Right. Open the door. Let the current go for the juice. And one of the saddest things about my life is we can never celebrate the juice no more. I mean, that was my childhood hero. It was the juice and Tony Dorsett. I always tell y'all, I wasn't blue, number 32, O.J. Simpson jersey to picture day in the third grade. But I, I take offense to you saying something about an old-ass Dallas Cowboy. This ain't Bill's country. This Cowboy's country. Okay. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know John Fitzgerald and Donovan, the, the, the originators of the Cowboy hits. We don't care nothing about no electric company, dog. <laughs> this, is, this is Cowboy country. If you say so, man. I say so, and that's what it is, and that's where we at. Okay, and this this message has been brought to you by Big Joe and the Big Red, courtesy of uh, Arlington, Texas. Arlington. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, we good. Uh, I just had to specify. You can't be talking about old-ass cowboy. I right, just kind of took offense to that. It's good, though. You my boy, though. It's all good. All right, no worries. You can always follow the show. We encourage you to follow the show at The Real Jacques Talk on YouTube. You can hit us up on IG at The Real Jacques Talk. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor is the handle. Hey, you're running out of time, all right? Time is slowly getting away from you. You still got a week, or really six days, six days to register to win a pair of tickets to the Mavericks game on Valentine's Day. Spurs, Mavericks, Luka, Kyrie against Wimby. It's the best date you can get for the cheapest price you can get, which is free. All you got to do is go to The Real Jacques Talk on YouTube, like it, 
Subscribe it. Leave a comment that registers you. That's all you got to do. That alone registers you. Go to The Real Jacques Talk. Like it. Subscribe. Leave a comment that registers you to two tickets to the Mavs game. And the tickets are good. Check it out. Go look up the arena. Section 115. Row H. Seats 1 and 2. They're fantastic. I already got them. I'm just going to text them to the winner. So that's all you got to do to register uh, and win tickets for Valentine's Day and eliminate the thought process of what you're going to do on Valentine's Day. All right? Now, I'm going to do a little something just a little bit different today uh, because I tell you this all the time, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. I saw something that was cool. Here's what happens if you're ever involved in an accident it's not your fault. Somebody else has caused you some harm. Usually it's a car accident, but maybe you got hurt at, a, at somebody's company or building, something like that. Here's what you do. First, if you're hurt, seek some medical attention. Second, document the scene. Take some pictures with your phone. Everybody got a phone now. Take some pictures. Third, exchange information if you can. And fourth, and I think this is really almost the most important thing you can do. After you finish taking pictures with that phone, punch in 972-934-8900. And get in touch with my friends over there at Greening Law. Tell me the situation. Here's the details. Here's what happened to me. And that's literally, if they bring you on as a client, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Seriously. Because they'll take care of everything the rest of the way. Uh, because whenever you get involved in a lawsuit like this, man, these things can be long and tedious and drawn out and complicated and frustrating. All of that stuff. Greening Law makes it as simple as they can make it. As easy as it can be. And what they do is they walk you through the process. Tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to hold tight, when to walk fast, when to walk slow. They do all of that. You know, the other thing that they do, real talk, is they take care of everything. You need a doctor, they can set you up with a doctor. Hey, you need a specialist. You got a special problem. They can set you up with a specialist. Set the appointment for you. Tell you when and where to show up. They handle stuff like that. Why? They want to focus on two things. Healing and renewal. Get your mind right, get your body right, get your life back. It's really that simple. So give Greening Law a call, 972-934-8900. If you're ever involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Let them help you. No Clancy Hill Jr. today. He is on his way to the Super Bowl at the time of taping. And as much as I love my brother, I could not wait for my brother. Time moves on. And so that's why I tell y'all, take all your PTO days. Because we're not waiting for him. And the company is not waiting for you. That's just... My, uh, my, uh, what do you call it? My uh, public, public uh, service announcement for the day. Um, let me tell y'all something. I got a tweet, tweet the other day uh, because I've been putting out some pictures of my wonderful air fryer meals saying it's good and good for you. And somebody wanted to know one of my recipes and said, you ought to start giving us a recipe on your air fryer meals on the regular. And I said to myself, self, I like to talk about cooking. I like to cook. I had a conversation this morning about being a bougie grocery store shopper. Something Joe can relate to. <laughs> that was a joke, y'all. And um, was it? Was that a joke? <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Oh, all right. I can't you don't tell. Like to go, you I don't like to go sometimes. grocery shopping. I can't tell. You don't tell like to go sometimes. grocery shopping, so right. you would not appreciate a bougie grocery store because you don't like to go grocery shopping. So that was a joke. In there. All right, I get it. I get it. Uh, but I'm going to do some things. It's like my boy invited me over for some steaks this weekend. And he asked me, this is after we worked out. He said, what kind of steak do you like? I said, well, typically I like a ribeye or a New York strip, but I prefer a strip. Got a little less fat on it. 
He said, okay, I'm going to go pick him up. I said, what do you mean pick him up? He said, I'm going to the butcher and pick him up. I said, you actually go to the butcher? He's like, yeah. I was like, dog, I didn't know people still went to the butcher. Did you know people still went to the butcher? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now, before I ask you this, I understand when people go hunting and they don't want to waste what they hunted, as I look at a hunter, and they take a they take the deer or whatever they've killed and murdered and take it to the uh, take it to the butchers so it can be processed. I understand that, and they show up with deer steaks and oh, I'm sorry, they want to call it venison, venison steaks and venison sausage and venison hooves and all of that stuff. Uh, so, is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about people who actually go to the butcher to get steaks and stuff? I'm talking about people that actually go to a butcher shop, stuff like that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't hunt. I know people that hunt, so I, that had to be a later conversation because I know, shoot, probably a hundred people that hunt that do exactly what you're talking about. They don't consider it murder, but <laughs> you know what you talking I said about. That to piss the hunters off, man. I, I know, know they don't you consider it irritate the shit out of me too. But all you right. should see Dave, the content guy. He just gave me the side. I, yeah, yeah, but I don't care. He got a scope on his rifle. I tell him that's not even fair. Oh, you just putting I mean, his business. It's not like it's not like, out there. It's not like hey, come with the territory. If oh, I put don't. my son business out there, I can put his business out uh, there. That's why. That's it's why. Like that's the, why. That's why people don't need to tell you shit. It, it ain't like it ain't like the deer walking around with a bulletproof vest on. Oh my! God. <laughs> I'm just having fun, man. Yep. I was messing with somebody in my class. You're cracking yourself up. Sometimes you need to do that, dog. If you don't crack yourself up, who's going to crack you up? Uh, but anyway, when the last time you been to a butcher? Uh, I haven't. I just know people who do. I yeah. haven't. I've been to, I, to a butcher yeah. at the grocery store, and I talk to them yeah. about stuff. And uh, You know, you talk to you, the butchers at ACB, I do a lot of stuff to meet no, people I, back then. I was, uh, I'm, I'm serious, I was really intrigued. Like, I was like, you going to the butcher? I'm like, holler at me, man. Uh if I'm free when, whenever you're rolling on Friday, I'm going to go with you because it's at the farmer's market, which is not that far from me, or somewhere over there. I said, I want to go to the butcher and see. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that different than the butcher at the grocery store, but maybe it is. I just want to go check the butcher out. Then he's told me something else that blew my mind, and then we'll get on to the Cowboys and what they're doing at defense coordinator. He, we was talking about diet because I've kind of changed my diet in the last week and a half, trying to get a little leaner and trying to work out harder, and so I just changed my diet up. And he was telling me about his diet, and he says, yeah, I get some Granny Smith apples with some natural peanut butter, not that stuff they serve in the store. So my natural question is, oh, what brand of natural peanut butter are you talking about? He goes, I'm talking about the most natural peanut butter. I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, I'm talking about when you go to Whole Foods and they ground up the peanuts for you and make peanut butter. I'm like, they do that? Like, I had never heard of that, dog. Well, I said, how do you do that? He says, you just pick out the peanuts you want. And you put them in this machine, and it makes peanut butter. I was like, that blew my mind, bro. So if I have time to go to the butcher on Friday, guess what else I'm going to do? I'm going to get some real peanut butter. So it'd be the little things in life that I find intriguing, man. Are you a peanut butter guy? That's a long-ass exit ramp, bro. I just asked you if you was a peanut butter guy, man. I eat peanut butter. Are you? Are you? Do you have? I mean, are you a smooth guy or a chunky guy? Uh, you just want. I don't give guy? a shit. Hey, listen. Okay. What? Uh, I hear you. I love you. I ain't talking about no damn peanut butter, dude. Do you know you can do surveys on peanut butter? I like know. Different between Jif. It's like, peanut butter. 
No, it's not, man. Once I got introduced to Super Chump, I was done with the other stuff. So that's all I'm saying. This this segment right here, this dry ass peanut butter talking ass segment right here, is brought to you by the one and only Jean Jacques Taylor. This is not even a segment. This is just a conversation before the segment starts. I know, man. But since, since you since you don't say I'm this is spicy, that. Joe. I'm killing this that. is spicy, no, Joe. I'm not spicy. I don't get spicy. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm 56 years old. I get I get crusty. I get okay, I get curmudgeons. Whatever you want to call it. This peanut is crusty, curmudgeonly Joe who peanut. don't want to talk about the difference between the greatness of super chunk peanut butter. Hell no. Okay, man. Okay, fine. Which one of these effing coordinators you want? You want Rex Ryan? You want there Mark, you go. Mark there Ryan you Manning? go. There fine, you go. fine. There you go. You my dog. Come on. I need, I need you. I need you to come back to the to the light. <laughs> back in the light, man. Right, I'm just, man. You know what? This is going to be the segment. This is going to be the part of the conversation most people comment on. Okay, we got, yeah, man, I get down on peanut butter too. And then there's going to be a bunch of people talking about, Dude, you need to go see this butcher because he got really great cuts. I promise you, that's how it okay. always goes down, man. That's how it always yeah. goes down. But uh, the Cowboys interviewed Mike Zimmer on Tuesday. Uh, by all accounts, that went well. Um, then uh, they're supposed to interview Rex. No, they interviewed Rex Ryan. And uh, now they're supposed to talk to Marquan, Marquan Manuel, who was a secondary coach uh, for the Jets this year. Uh, I don't think there's any way in the world you want Rex Ryan in Dallas. And here's why, in my opinion. I don't even care what his scheme is. Um, to me, his personality is such that it just don't it doesn't fit with Mike McCarthy. And you think Jerry is a distraction? McCarthy answering questions about all this stuff that Rex Ryan said on Monday to me would be an even bigger distraction. And I view Rex Ryan not knowing him, but I view him as the type of dude who would be in such a hurry to use his position to show you why he should be a head coach again, that it would just be a recipe for disaster to me. Um, for Especially with a coach with one year left on his contract. That's because you can't, that's all part of the context and you can't eliminate it. And so I don't care what schemes he runs and all this other stuff. I ain't interested in seeing Rex Ryan here for that. What's your take on Rex Ryan? If you bring in Rex, you might as well bring Tim Tebow, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> Cam Newton, anybody else that's going to give you distractions and stuff. Plus, I didn't like his brother. His brother's system was too complicated. Hell, they still trying to learn all the shit that he was trying to do, you know, when he was here. So, uh, Rex is not as complicated as that, but, nah, we don't want him. No. Um, and, you know, it just, it just, I don't even, like, now, nah, I don't really get down with this all the time, but Jerry is making it such that you at least have to have to listen to the possibility. Like, at some point, man, you really have to understand about, it's like when you're playing real sports. You just, or, you know, what, whichever one of those Olympic teams we sent that had a bunch of stars and no role players and it wasn't a good team and they got bounced. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. All of that matters. There's a reason why you call it a chemistry. team. Chemistry, yeah, chemistry. Yeah, and sometimes chemistry is overrated. Um well, your, under, your understanding of the NFL is top notch when you come when it comes to putting staffs together and stuff like that. I'm gonna yeah. give you props on that. I ain't talking about no damn peanut butter, but I'm gonna give you some. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some props on that damn what you what you understand how the, the team the dynamic of the team because you've been around that stuff. 
And I appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm serious because it's like Rex Ryan. When I saw that in the notes this morning, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. He too damn loud, you know. And that's yes. just that's that's my thought, but that's what you know. That's what you're talking about. You now know? this this is even though he had he had defenses that finished in the top ten in the NFL. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, nine times, mm-hmm. including twice number one. Now, it didn't go so good for him in Buffalo. He could never get it flipped in Buffalo, and that's one reason why he lost his job. Uh, now, he only had two years, but the defense was uh, was not anything special in Buffalo. For whatever reason, uh, the two years he was there. Personnel. And, it's personnel. A lot of times with the Jets, he had pretty good personnel. Yeah, and he had and the we, team built for that. They ran the ball first. Right. So, yeah, you know, all those numbers come in. When you when you can run the ball first in Buffalo, they wasn't doing that. And the personnel was a little different. Uh, and if you look at his record as a head coach, um, I find this a little bit surprising. He only won more than 10 games once. 61-66 um, overall. Uh, forty six and fifty in Buffalo, fifteen. I mean, forty six and fifty with the Jets, fifteen and sixteen in Buffalo. So he had eight years and never really got it done as a coach, as a head coach. But I think he would like to be it again. And I just have no interest in seeing him in Dallas for the reasons I just mentioned. I think uh, I think loud is a good way to say it. And, well, you want to uh, got to you gonna get that notoriety like Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn got a lot of notoriety, but he just pretty much put his head down, and did his job. Yeah. You know, and that's never, what you want, yeah. you know. Especially, again, in a lame duck situation, that's what you want. And so, uh, you know, so I, I don't like that. Uh, I don't know a lot about Marquand Manuel other than he worked. Uh, um, he was defense coordinator of the Falcons, I believe, uh, when Dan Quinn was there. Uh, oh, they try to continue the same system. Yeah. So he makes sense from that standpoint. Yeah. And uh, he's he worked in Seattle. And so it makes sense. Why they're interested in him? Uh, obviously, he worked with Sauce Gardner, and the Jets had a good defense and a good secondary this year, so I get all of that. Um, so, but I still think uh, the leader in the clubhouse, based on what I've been told, is uh, Mike Zimmer right now, and we'll see if he can uh, if he if he can pull it off. Um, I'm down with Mike. I'm down uh, with Mike. Uh, they are doing what appears to be a fairly thorough search, so I think you have to give them credit for that. And uh, maybe they're also doing a fact-finding mission. Maybe they're bringing cats in and say, as part of the interview process, hey, well, how would you use Micah? How do you think Micah's best used? How do you think this guy's best used? Uh, there's nothing wrong with bringing people in, picking their brains, because they got to tell you something because they're trying to get the job. And so, you know, and then once they leave, you just kind of take notes and see to the guy coming in, hey, here's some, some other intel we gathered. Does any of that make sense to you? And if it does, feel free to use it. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Okay, so this is what, this is what I've always thought. But you tell me what you know. Like, say if Mike Zimmer come in, and yes. he used to be a head coach. I've always thought that if you got another head coach, the guy that used to be a head coach on the staff, it'll help the existing head coach with some ideas, you know, like team chemistry and different stuff like that. Do they Do they swap ideas like that? Or do they yeah. just say, hey, you just do what I tell you to do or whatever? No. I mean, you, no. They typically swap ideas because, remember, you're the head coach. You're not going to be on the staff 99.9% of the time unless I want you here. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, 
Uh, and then, you know, you got some staffs that got six or seven head coaches on there. You, yeah, and, four uh, head coaches. I got you. Yeah. And you really like those staffs because you don't, you don't worry about people. Uh, you people You're not worried about whether they're doing their job or not. You're not worried about whether they are into details because why? They still got the head coach mentality. They just focused on their position now. Right. Um, so that's a good thing to have. Right. Uh, plus, you know, if you need somebody, uh, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think as I'm talking at the same time. When I think about Deion Sanders at Jackson State, um, Tim Brewster was a head coach. Uh, Gary Harrell, the running backs coach, was a head coach. Um, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, but he had like uh, three or four head coaches on his team, um, and it gave him a sense of comfort because he knew. If, I, if he was missing some holes, somebody else could kind of cover him up and say just what you're saying. Hey, have you thought about this? We used to yeah. do this when I was a head yeah. coach, blase, blase. And it works um, And it works good for him. So that's what's, uh, that's what's going on with the Cowboys. I would expect them to make a decision by the end of the week but, uh, or early next week. Uh, but, again, there's no rush, man. Uh, it's much more about getting the right guy. And uh, they're taking their time in the process, and uh, there's nothing wrong with taking your time. Um, so uh, let's move on to the Super Bowl. Kansas City, San Francisco. I find it interesting that, and I don't usually talk that much about this, but I find it interesting that San Francisco is favorite. Does that surprise you at all? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you got to give Kansas City their respect. But the funny thing about it is uh, – the Ravens were favored, and it pissed Kansas City off, so it gave them good billboard material. Right. Um, it's, it's a funny thing going on with a lot of people that I talk to is uh, they getting tired of the Chiefs like they was tired of the Patriots winning. I, I never got tired of the Patriots winning. If you're a winner, you're a winner. I don't care if you win six, five, three. It don't matter. The winners win. So it don't bother me that it's the same old teams or whatever. You want if you don't want the same old team, somebody got to whoop whoop their ass. I don't know. It don't bother me like that. What do you think? You are, do you get do you get weary of teams winning all the time? Were you sick of the Patriots winning? <clears throat> yes, but let me tell you why. It had nothing to do with the Patriots winning. <clears throat> um, let me see how to explain this. I like the Chiefs, and I don't mind the Chiefs winning because to me. This is just your boy here. The Chiefs have fun playing football. Uh, They're an exciting team, and they make the game fun. This is the only way I can say it, and it's funny because I've been watching. I've been watching. uh, Okay, let me give a brief. I've been listening to the book Gunslinger by Jeff Perlman. It's about Brett Favre. Why did I like Brett Favre as a player? Because he seemed to be having so much fun playing the game. Why did I like Tony Romo as a player? Because he too seemed like he was having a lot of fun playing the game. I like guys who look like they enjoy what they're doing. Uh, And so I'm laughing to myself. I've been cracking myself up a lot this morning. Because I've been watching The Americans on Hulu. It's a show set in in the 70s about a couple of uh, Russian spies who have infiltrated America and living their life as American citizens while spying uh, for the Soviet Union. 
And I'm laughing because if I think about the Soviet Union's team playing football, I think about the Patriots. <laughs> Meaning, they never looked like they were having they, all that much fun. And it's because Bill Belichick, he was dour. He was just you know, unem- unemotional, except when he was holding that trophy up. And that's fine. That's his right. And they were systematically efficient um, in the way that they played. They didn't seem to be playing with a tremendous amount of joy. To me, uh, they seem to be ruthlessly efficient, and that's why they won. I think, that's, that's, I think that's the only time they had fun was when they was on the field. I think the, the, the task of going about working – you know, Bill. I mean, Bill Belichick yeah. was a taskmaster, and they hated yeah. practice and they hated meetings. But I, when I saw the Patriots play, you realize Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Randy Moss, Danny Whitehead, them guys was all crazy. They was all, they was all. I mean, Rob Gronkowski. You think Rob Gronkowski didn't have fun on the field uh, on game day? I think they. they if you talk to uh, any, you listen to any of those Patriots, the, the tedious part was. Practice and being around Bill in that environment. The, right. The, the well, fun. The fun was the Sunday. Yeah, I get that. But what they represent is Bill Belichick. That's the face of their franchise. That's who they represent. What they I represent know. is cold, ruthless efficiency at winning. And all I'm saying is, you can win like that. Comparing them to Russia. I told you why. Yeah. That's I how I look at Russia. Russians don't look like they're having no fun to me. From from the stereotypical Russian, that's what it looked like. That they ain't having no fun over there. Everything is work, 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 except when they get a little bit of vodka. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Whereas some teams look like they having fun. The Chiefs look like they have fun while winning. And all it says to me is there are a lot of different ways to win. Yeah. And uh, as long as you win, it's all good. I prefer to win while having fun. Some people prefer to win. Uh, and and they give off the perception that it's not fun, and then there's some people kind of in in between, and so that's all I'm saying. Yeah, so I get you. I get you. I see why people get tired of um of the of the Patriots because it don't seem like they're having no fun as they go through this toil and this tedious process before ultimately winning. Uh, you know, so as you look at teams who win. You know, some some guys look like they having some teams look like they having fun, and some teams look like they're not. Um, and so that's a, that's the only reason I got tired of the Patriots. Uh, like you can see that in the Cowboys. The Cowboys to me had a little balance in there. Like Jimmy Johnson is a taskmaster. Okay, Troy Aikman is carrying out his taskmaster plan, and while he's doing that, Emmitt and Michael and a lot of the other ones are acting a fool, having fun. Well, Belichick is a is a Jimmy Johnson disciple. Same guy. But he got even Jimmy will show you some emotion. And when he kicked back having Heineken's with his team, with his coaches on Friday nights after practice during the week, he let his guard down. When you read about Belichick, you don't hear about that. That's all I'm saying. I got you. I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying. There's just, no right or wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't I don't know if I care about all that outside of kicking somebody's ass on Sunday. I, I, that's why I'm, well, that's the ultimate goal right there. The, mean, the perception know, of how we do it versus how man. we do it, you know. And then you can the, the and, and Russians are take, Russians are take, very imaginative. Imaginative. Anyway, I I mean I studied 
the the Krasnovian technique for three years, and that's how Russians fight battles, and it's it's, it's pretty wild if you uh if we well, ever if we ever have Krasnovian a it ain't it, it ain't peanut butter, but just a pretty interesting conversation if you ever want to have it. You know what, man? I'm a, this is the time I would like to say, hey y'all, just cut off the mic for a second. I'll cut the mic off. You want me to pause No, no, no. You want me to pause on? No, you good, man. I'm finna take you in this little room I got. Oh, you ass, know, you don't have a little. Back. You don't have like, a little why room. You, so. How you know I ain't got no little room, man? You ain't heard about the little room till I told you. Stop no, playing. I called it something else. I, I didn't know, know that. You called it the little room, so okay. I changed mine to the little room. Yeah. So you know what I was understanding. I used Roger. to call it the back of my pickup truck. Oh, but, okay. You ain't had no pickup truck. You know All what, right, man? man. Bro, you know don't don't test me today. No, don't test me no days. It ain't good. You know what, man? The reason why the Lone Ranger and Tonto got along was why? Oh, no. no. Tonto never said nothing. No, no, no. One day, Tonto and the Lone Ranger were surrounded. And the Lone Ranger looked at Tonto and he said, what we going to do? And Tonto said, what you mean? They were surrounded by Indians. And, and, and Toronto <laughs> said... <laughs> the Lone Ranger said, what you going to do? What we going to do, Tonto? We surrounded by Indians. He said, what do you mean, we, white man? <laughs> See what I'm saying? So <laughs> let's leave the Lone Ranger out of this because his ass is screwed if he, if he ever gets surrounded. But anyway, that's the best Lone Ranger joke I ever heard. <laughs> but uh, uh, as we look at the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Them damn exit rounds be, be, be held into today. But we'll and, talk about uh, the Krasnovian technique and all of that stuff one of yeah, these days. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah. It's about as dry <laughs> as peanut butter. <laughs> Not if you hey, – stop it, man. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, this this whole conversation started off with I was surprised that San Francisco was favored because they struggled with the, with the, with the Packers. They struggled with um, – the Lions, and then I heard the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a minute. And I know it to be true because not only did I read it, I heard the coach, Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, comment on it, and I heard a player comment on it, and it blew my mind. And here's what it is. There was a story, and one of the 49ers defensive players, whose name escapes me, it wasn't Bosa, it wasn't Greenlaw. It wasn't uh, Williamson or Fred Warner. It was somebody else. And he said, I promise you, I'm paraphrasing the quote, but he said, we just didn't give the effort that we should have given against the Lions and we'll do better this week. And I thought to my, and then Steve Wilkes came out and he was like, yeah, it was a tough tape watching session. And all I could think of was, so let me make sure I understand this. You're in the NFC Championship game. You're a step away from the Super Bowl. Y'all ain't won the Super Bowl in 29 years. So it's not like y'all, you know, y'all won it like two years ago. Ain't nobody on this team won the Super Bowl with San Francisco. And you're half-stepping during the game? Like, that don't make no sense to me. Like, you couldn't get up and play as hard as you could possibly play in the NFC Championship game for a trip to go to the Super Bowl, that makes y'all suspect to me. And so I think uh I think the Chiefs will take them. That make that makes them that makes them arrogant. That makes them disrespectful 
Okay. Yeah, it's suspect. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. suspect. Aaron getting disrespectful because they was like Jared Goff ain't gonna do nothing. The Lions ain't gonna do nothing. What the Lions are doing, you know, is, is not that impressive to us because we've done this, 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 and this. Well, you get you get molly whopped in the first half, and then <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's it was my thoughts on the game when the Lions came out super hype, and they really couldn't maintain that 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 stuff the whole game. But you know, when you when you disrespect somebody and you arrogant about it and you just don't believe they on your level, yeah, your effort is bad. Yeah, you going through the motions. It's it's surprising that that don't that surprised me that you said that, but I could see how it happens. You know, I could see how that happens with them. Well, that's an interesting way to make that point, but uh, and so they, clearly they'll they'll take the Chiefs. Oh, they're gonna respect the Chiefs, yeah. But I just wondered if if that if you have that in you, I wonder. If you can just flip switches on and off whenever you feel like it, or have you gotten so nah, accustomed you, you to ain't switching got the, flips? You ain't got to flip no switch because when you watch that tape and you cussing them cows and coaches cussing them out about half-assing it, you won't be half-assing it this week. You got lucky. You got a break because you half-assed it. You know you got you got to you got to uh, pull victory out of the jaws of defeat because you half-assed the first half. You know. I think that's going to be the lesson. I don't think they're going to go back to that. I'd be surprised because they're, they're going to get so tired of hearing, hey, do your job. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't be half-assing. Remember what you did last week? Remember what happened last week? I mean, it's just one of them things. Now, if they'd have got, if they'd have went on and lost their game, you'd have heard a whole lot of other grumbling coming out. There might have been some people fired coming out of there. Right. But uh, <laughs> since they got a break and they got back in it, I think they're going to, Think they're gonna do their best, put their best foot forward for the chief against the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. Okay, um, I think uh, obviously for Kansas City, to me, it's about um, Mahomes and Kelsey generating enough offense to let their defense play the way that they would like to play. And uh, I know Mahomes will do his thing. Kelsey's been terrific uh, last week, eleven for uh, I think one hundred and sixteen yards and. Couple touchdowns. He had uh, not only that, but he was just crucial. Is the eleven for one eighteen is all good, but he was there was such so many crucial catches where damn, you know he gonna get the ball, but he finds some way to slip open, you know, and Pat hit him on fourth down a couple times. I thought. Well, here's you know. the interesting thing to me over the last uh, looks like from 2016 to 2022, he averaged 96 catches. 1,230 yards, eight touchdowns. 96 catches, 1,280, eight touchdowns. This year, he had 93 catches, which is close, but he only had 984 yards. For him, it's only. And then only five touchdowns, which is tied him for the lowest that he's had this since uh, 2016. And so there's a lot of conversation. He had it himself. Is he slowing down? Is it time for him to retire? Nah, Can I don't he think, not move I don't like think he so. Moved? What do you think it was? I think I think it's a testament to what they're running, how they, they offense is, because in those years where it's 1,200 yards and all them good yards, he's had, you know, Tyreek Hill and Miko and all of them guys, you know, they always had a ton of receivers, and they really didn't care or need to run the ball or grind games out. Right. This year has been different. With the guys outside, he's been getting – Good coverage, and then they've been running the ball more. Number ten, Pacheco has been a big factor in the offense, and anybody else has run the ball back there. 
And uh, I think that uh, this year the Chiefs have impressed me more because they've grinded out. They've done more with less this year. Right. And, uh, I mean, the Darius Tony, we know what happened there. The kid Rice from SMU is pretty good, you know. But they're not superstars and they're not burners. You know, they don't have what they've had in the past. So that affects them, you know. The field gets a lot shorter when you don't have Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So that's probably got a lot to do with the stats and stuff. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't dis- I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with all of that. Uh, but he's been frustrated at times this year and, and has voiced that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'll be- what I'm saying is he makes it go. And so it's always seems like you should be like, somebody else other than Kelsey is going to beat me. Um, that, that will seem to always be the game plan, yet you could never execute it. Yeah, because uh, Rice, Rice, the other receiver, only had like eight for 46. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? You know, uh, like I said, it was the it was the best 240-some yard game Patrick Mahomes ever played. It was surgical, you know. And, you know, so can they provide enough points uh, to get up early, I think, so that they can dictate and control the game? Uh, because the one thing that we don't talk a lot about is the Chiefs' defense. Uh, Chris Jones is a beast inside, uh, you know, inside. And what I didn't realize is uh, they've only allowed more than 21 points three times this year. Ain't nobody scored on the Chiefs. Uh, we get so seduced by, um, you know, Mahomes and, and all the things that they do on offense mm-hmm. that we really don't pay a lot of attention to their defense this year. And their defense has been lights out. And uh, how they match up against Kansas yeah. City, San Francisco offense, to me, you know, will really tell the tale. Well, everybody was talking about uh, the, the Ravens defense was not good, you know, in the championship game. Yes, it was. They gave up 17 points. Right. The Chiefs defense, you know what I'm saying? The Chiefs defense was better. Right. So, I, I mean, I thought the Ravens played good considering they playing Patrick Mahomes now. I mean, Andy Reid. You know, and so the Chiefs' defense is pretty good. They just a bunch of no-name guys because right off the bat, I'm sorry, but I can think of numbers, but I can't think of players. I, I know Nick Bolton, <laughs> Nick Bolton, the middle linebacker, uh, right. the, the the number 56, the white guy with the long-ass name is pretty good. The defensive end, I can't remember his name. Talking about Karloftis? There you go. Karloftis is pretty good. And, yeah, he's pretty uh, good. You know, it's, it's one of them things where if they no-name guys and they getting the job done, man, they put they putting in work. I just, man, I, then, I, uh, I don't put you know, it past them. And the other thing is Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he, he coaching and he ain't been a head coach. Well, I can't remember. I think he was a head coach once. So you might with the Rams or something. Yeah, he's coaching in his fifth Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. That ain't no coincidence when you do that. No panic. Um, Adjustments so to be made, yeah. All of that, and uh, you know he, he'll be he'll have something for San Francisco's offense um, to make the game hard for Brock Purdy or, or to uh, give him something to think about. And so uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting, but I think this is a game I can see this game going both ways. It sounds like you're talking out both sides of your mouth, but at one level I can see it being a high scoring game because you got Mahomes and. Uh, the Chiefs on a given day can create offense for you because of the play calling and the way they set things up for you. And I know San Francisco on a given day with Kittles and uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo, uh, they can create offense. 
But the defenses make me think it's going to be a lower scoring game uh, than than what I'm thinking because it just seems like they got more. The Chiefs defense has been good all year, and then San Francisco defense has the ability to just snuff you out once they get once they get going. So uh, I think it's a really intriguing matchup. I don't think it's a surprise that we've seen it twice in four years. And this, to me, is going to be a lot of bit about Brock Purdy. He got some YOLO throws in him, but he also got some I changed the game plays. And it's which ones uh, does, he get a, does he get away with those YOLO throws in the Super Bowl? Because he's going to do a, two or three of them, Doug. He got away with them against the Packers. Uh, he got away with them against Detroit. Will he get away with the YOLO throws against uh, the Chiefs? To me, that's a big question. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm on the fence with Brock. One, I want to say, ah, the, the usual stuff, you got good personnel, da, da, da. But on the, others, on the other side, that dude do whatever it takes to win. You right. know, so. He's what we call a winner. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's been a W behind his name. What is he like? I don't know, 20-something and three or 20-something and six or something. He got a pretty good winning record there. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like you say, if he don't get if he don't get wild and throw them things up like that, he, he's pretty good. Kansas City going to take – they going to pounce on that, though. Now, I know, and I think this is the key to the entire game to me, uh, and I ain't breaking no news here. Um, if you can't control Christian McCaffrey, I don't think you have any chance at all to win. Because if they get him running, receiving, it just opens up so much of everything else that if you can't control him, I don't think you have a shot. Uh, now, you might lose anyway, but you have no chance if you can't control him. Yep. And uh, Pacheco, you know, he's not – I mean, Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best this year. And so Pacheco is a good, solid runner. He ain't Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey can change a game. He can, you know, he can run inside, he can run outside, he can go 50 on you. He'll make a catch, bust your ass, and take that 60 yards. You must control him, contain him to have any chance well, McCaffrey whatsoever. Is, he's a weapon. Macheco, McCaffrey represents a weapon. You know, like you say, an X factor. Pacheco represents balance for the Chiefs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He gives you that balance where you can't just load up on the passing game. That's how they both represent. I think that uh, – I think you are exactly right on because if Debo busts your ass and Kettles busts your ass, you can kind of contain that. You're all right. But once they get all three of them guys going, it's over for you. That's what happened with, uh, that's what happened with the Lions. They start getting everybody involved, and the next thing you know, you, you, forget that, you forget that McCaffrey's in there sometimes, and boom, he, he busts 50 yards on you. Yep. You know, he scored me the one run where he just kept running and running and running and run. oh oh. By the way, it's touchdown. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I think he well, is the X at, factor. Yeah, I was gonna say, look at it like this. Uh, I was trying to come up with a line of demarcation, and it looks like the line is sixty yards. Uh, when he's got fewer than sixty yards rushing this year, uh, San Francisco is one and three. Uh, when he's got more than 60 yards rushing, they've lost one game. Uh, and that was to Baltimore, which, uh, you know, at the time was the best team in the league. Yeah, they and, blasted them, yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is that seems to be the line of demarcation. Uh, hold him to less than 60. Uh, 
and you win the game, keep him between 60 and 70, you probably have a, a much better chance to win the game. Let him get more than 80, and it's going to be real hard uh, to win. Uh, that being said, as we look at it now, uh, I, got the, I got the Chiefs ultimately winning 24-20 in a thriller. What do you got? Yeah, I, I don't know the score. I got the Chiefs winning, too, because they're healthy and they balanced. And uh, it ain't really nobody important missing on the Chiefs. Well, you know, they know. might have a lineman or two, but they still they pretty healthy. And they're a lot healthier than they were when they played Tampa Bay. All right, so, so we both got the Chiefs winning, yeah. and uh, we'll see. And I got the Chiefs also winning. I hope the Chiefs win because uh, I like the greatness, man. I've always been intrigued by greatness in athletics, and I would love to see Mahomes get his third Super Bowl, the Chiefs win three out of four, whatever it is, and really start to see if they can put together one of them stretches like, you know, the, uh, the Niners in the 90s, the Steelers in the 70s, the Cowboys in the 90s. I meant the Niners in the 80s, uh, the Patriots in the, in the aughts and the 10, you know, the first part of the uh, 2000. I just, I just like it. And so uh, I don't mind it. I always think it's good to have a standard to shoot for, like Alabama in college football. Yeah, I can't, so, uh, I can't fix know. my mouth to say San Francisco, I think San Francisco going to win because we got – here in Texas, we got a lot of transplants. And we got people that just – they born here in Texas and they want to be 49ers and Eagle fans and Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I can't, I can't fix my mouth to say 49ers win the Super Bowl <laughs> or the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl. You know, because I know good people now. I know good people that – good friends and good people that I know and love that I work with. And all that broke bread with that are 49ers fans, and they great people right. until they start talking about them damn 49ers. And so I ain't cheering for no damn 49ers Sunday. I hope to get their ass kicked, and I'm picking the Chiefs. Damn, I'm, go Cowboy. <laughs> okay, I didn't expect all that to come out. Yeah, okay. man, I just had to go and give it to you. You, you know, uh, we could talk right. about Jiffy Lou, but I just wanted to bring that. All right, let's take a quick trip around the block. Round the block, round the block. I love round the block sometimes. <laughs> that man said he loves round the block. <laughs> Hit me through in there sometimes. I'm feeling crusty today. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, mean, I started it with the peanut butter talk. I mean, I think he was fine before I went to the peanut butter talk. Yeah, I was good. But, but that was a point of the peanut butter talk. Who knew you'd get peanut butter at the grocery store made in your Bro, in your face? Me, hey, man, listen, it wouldn't be me and you if it wasn't me and you, dog. It's just what it is. Okay. You understand? Hey, uh, peanut, you like you like that kind of stuff. I like yeah. that kind. Of, now, when you go to the butcher shop with the, with your boy, don't say shit. Don't say nothing. <laughs> Just observe. Hey, you man, understand? How come that? How come that chop ain't thick like you? Like yes, I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, man. man. Why I need it thin? you. I need you that to be. Like, that, that don't look like an inch, man. That look I, like a half inch. I need inch you to, to be dog. silent. When you go, just you know, just just observe, cause you will, you will, you will make somebody mad with your little questions and shit. I am so excited about going to the butcher shop. I know, this man. don't make no damn sense. I, know. I mean, it makes none whatsoever. Just remember, uh, anyway, just remember, what? I need you to be quiet. I need you to be silent, dog. You know how I many right, times we done been somewhere and you done asked a question and you be looking, pe- yeah, looking man. at people funny and <laughs> it's just what I know, do, man. Whether it be uh, the range or the car shop. Hey, dog, I need you not to say nothing. These some nice people in here. I was reading the paper this morning, and I was stunned by this bit of sad news. Restaurateur Al Bernay 
It's got a couple of swanky restaurants. One of them on Oak Lawn. I forget where the other one is. Uh, but it's, it's a high dollar restaurant. But it's, the food is outstanding, as you would expect. I didn't realize he owned the Palm, uh, which used to be in the West End until I just read this article. But he's been diagnosed with ALS. Uh, that's Lou Gehrig's disease. It's essentially a death sentence. Uh, and so uh, that's incredibly sad. Now, I say it's inevitably a death sentence. Steve Gleason been living with it uh, from the New Orleans Saints fan for probably a decade now. Uh, yeah. Been a lot of strides, and you know we all saw the ALS challenge a few years ago. Yeah, ice buckets, uh, water over your head. So they made a bunch of uh, strides and improvement, and you can live with it longer. Um, and so you know prayers out to him. And and uh, but uh, it's always shocking when you when you hear about something like that, man. Especially somebody who's famous or somebody who's wealthy, because sometimes you get caught up and you forget that. Uh, you know, it just doesn't matter how much money you have that health is fragile and precious and uh, we don't want to take it for granted. Um, that being said, it got me thinking about Al Bernays because I remember the last time I went to Al Bernays. I was with David the Content Guy and uh, him and Robert Green and, and I was like, hey, what do y'all think about supporting the podcast? And uh, lunch was great. It was good. I can't remember what I had, but it was good. Uh, but a few years ago, man, on uh, my ex-wife's uh, 50th birthday, maybe it's 55, we went to Albernay's for a family dinner. Now, when you go on Albernay's, if it's just two people, you're going to drop a couple hundred dollars. So this is a family gathering. So I'm thinking, okay, I got me, my son, my granddaughter. Okay, it's going to be about 500 but okay, because this is a 50, this is a milestone birthday, I've planned for it. So we get there, and uh, it's a table of eight, and I can't, re- I can't remember what I ordered. Uh, but here's the funny part to me, man. Uh, my son is looking at the menu. At that time, point, he's probably a junior in high school. And he orders whatever he orders. My daughter had brought her uh, boyfriend at the time. They were together several years. He's my grandson's father. That's why he was allowed to come to a place like Albernay's. If you just showed up dating her for a couple months, I don't know that you're coming to Albernay's because I don't know if I like you like that. So we all sitting around and I'm looking through the menu and I order. And the boyfriend orders some kind of seafood something because all I remember was it was lobster based, and that thing was more than a hundred dollars. It was his dream to eat at Albertus. <laughs> <laughs> but duh! So I did, you know, again, I told you if you go in there, you have to understand that you're spending a certain amount of money. Wow, Otherwise, was- don't go. And if you go to a place like that, essentially, just go get what you're gonna get. Because why skimp if you're going there? Because you ain't going there. You know, again, for a long time, probably, unless you got money like that. And so, but I just like, oh, okay. Dog, as soon as it came out of his mouth, my son said, oh, I'd like to change my order. I want that too. (laughs) (laughs) I was under my breath. I was like, mother. Hey, hey, they were saying, I'm... (laughs) He said, "My, I'm dating Jean Jacques Jean Jacques Taylor's daughter, and my son and, and my boy AJ said, my daddy got it.' You know, 
That's what happened uh, when you when you when you when people when when you you perceived to be yeah, yeah. put that in there perceived, perceived to to, to be to, a certain to, way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, now the food, because you know when it came, uh, you know me, man. I was like, oh, I see what y'all got. Uh, you know y'all eating all of that, right? <laughs> yeah, all of it. So I hope it's tasty. And uh, it was. They killed it. Uh, final bill total. Because I ain't going to never forget it. But again, I prepared. It was a milestone birthday. $876. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so people really do this on a regular, huh? Because <laughs> I was uh, like, I don't know if I want to do this on a regular. Um, so, but anyway, the food was great. And I was reminded of that today uh, when I saw that Albernay, uh, of Albernay's restaurant has uh, been diagnosed with ALS and is, uh, you know, really beginning his fight. And, uh, you know, one of his claims to fame is once he meets you and, and gets introduced to you, he remembers your name. Like, you come back to the restaurant three years later. Oh, hey, Mr. Hartfield, how you doing? You come back to the restaurant eight years later. Hey, Mr. Taylor, how you doing? That's like one of his things he's known for. And so he said part of the reason why he wanted to put let it out is he's been so public with his restaurant and the people have he's established a relationship with the public that he thought that they uh, that they deserved to know. So prayers out to Alberne. Uh, you know that's really all I can say. Prayers out to him yeah. and uh, on yeah. his fight with ALS. Uh, now that also got me to thinking. I went to a couple. Of, I haven't been out to eat in a minute. Uh, uh, I'm that guy. I, I enjoy going out to eat. Clearly, as a former fat guy, I enjoy food, but. Uh, uh, I just don't like spending Going out to eat becomes expensive And I would just rather Buy a great cut of meat at home And cook it at home <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to y'all But this weekend I went out and about To a couple of restaurants And we were talking about restaurants earlier And I've gotten to the point I don't like to go to chain restaurants I like mom and pop spots I like things um, You know Only in Dallas um, But that's just me because uh, there's so many great restaurants here that about a few years ago, man, I really made a conscious decision. This sounds weird with all the restaurants here. I really didn't want to go to the same restaurant, you know, like twice in a year or something. I just wanted, every time I went out, which wasn't often, I wanted to go somewhere different. And then when I get out there, I want to experience something on the menu that I wouldn't normally get just to make it an experience. How many times did it work out for you? Sometimes you get something that you don't normally get, and you be like, "Damn, I shouldn't have got that." I haven't uh, very. I'm like, I don't remember ordering anything, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is not edible! Like, this is so nasty, I don't even want it." Because yeah. here's what I would do on the real: if it got like that, I would be like, and I may have. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I think somebody I was with. I think my ex. A girlfriend did this once or twice, which was, hey, I know I ordered this, but this is really not good to me. Uh, Can I order something else? And I've never seen a restaurant that said, no, you're going to eat this nasty stuff. Normally, if you say it like that and you're polite about it, they'll say, okay, fine, what can I get you? Um, So that's my way of saying I haven't noticed it to be a problem. Yeah, I'm not talking about like it's not edible, but I just didn't enjoy that as much as 
is I usually I get I get stuck on certain things at restaurants, you know, that I won't even I probably won't even try try nothing else. You know, sometimes you know, a lot of times I'm like Be adventurous, man. It's like sticking to the same love making position every time. I don't sometimes even you just, you don't even, you want to try something else. Really? Really? Yeah. Like you could get in a special like it I ain't like this none of your damn so. business what I'm sticking to and what I'm not sticking to <laughs> when it come to that. That ain't none of your damn business. I didn't but say I'm just saying I don't, I and said, I don't even I don't even want to know your business. I didn't Time I out, time out, time out. I don't even no. want to know none of that. But, I but, just said it's yeah, like sticking to the same position. Yeah. There's a lot of things out there There's you can a try lot. on the menu. There's a lot of analogies you can use, except for putting a mental image of you changing positions in my damn brain. <laughs> I mean, you know, so see what I'm saying? The restaurant, <laughs> I went to Black Tap this weekend. Uh, I've been trying to get there for a minute because it, it sounded intriguing to me. Uh, they use the buzzword these days, craft hamburgers and uh, shakes. So what they do is a hamburger spot, uh, but they do gourmet hamburgers. Was, and so, uh, but they, they do a good job of marketing because I was like, this place looks good. I'm, I just want to try it. What is it called again? Black Tap. Okay. Uh, and so I went there and uh, I do this a lot now, man. Sometimes I just go and experience something by myself just to, you know, I'm hanging out by myself. Um, I just, no, I ain't got to order for nobody and spend no money on nobody. It's just me. And so I go out there and hang out and enjoy a burger uh, or whatever I'm doing. Uh, so anyway, I got the, I think they call it the uh, the black truffle burger. But basically it had a strong garlic uh, uh, aioli, I think is how you say it, sauce uh, that they put on there in addition to some aguala, agula, argula, lettuce. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts to it, but it was fantastic. Because it had a strong garlic uh, flavor to it. And I'm a garlic guy. Uh, So that was good. And then I had. I did not get a shake. Because they had. They're known for their shakes. And the shakes are like a monstrosity. I mean it's like enough for. uh, Easy for two. I mean it's like the biggest shake I'd ever seen. Yeah. And it's. You know it's all creative. And you know. uh, It's just huge. Uh, You know it's like a piece of art. That's how they make it. Is it a fancy looking place? Is it. Is it what is it like? Because I go to, uh, I go to Rodeo Goat, and Rodeo Goat has some gourmet hamburgers and some regular hamburgers and some turkey it's got, burgers. It's got some uh, it's got some cool decor on it, but it's not a now it was expensive because the burger was like twenty two dollars, uh, which to me sounds expensive for a burger. Yeah, I don't remember uh, what it costed. Rodeo Goat, my favorite place. I don't even if I go to a place, I don't even think about price a lot of times when I go there. I don't even I don't even know what it costs. I just know what, what the total bill is. Yeah, I like I like to just know, and I like to decide before I go. I like to look at the menu before I go. Yeah, and you decide, gotta do that. Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna that. spend this much money. Then I just go and enjoy myself because I'm not trying to nickel and dime once I've decided to go. Oh yeah. And if I don't want to spend the money, if I don't want to spend twenty something dollars on a burger and you know the fries are kind of like a la mode or whatever, yeah. Then I just ain't gonna go. Um, That's the best you know. thing to do. A lot of times, me and my wife do that. We'll pull up to a place. We've never been. We'll look at them, you know, look on the phone because we we kick ourselves in the ass if we go in there and try to order something and we didn't look it up before. We, you know, we didn't get the intel before we went in there. Right, right. So we'll tell you, yeah, that's the best thing about them phones now. You can look that stuff up. Say, ah, oh, this is good. Oh. This is that. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna order that right there. And it's exactly. all good. Yeah, yeah. So, no, we went there and then on a Sunday, 
I went to um, Yardbird, which I is heard a, that's good. I heard that was it was really good. It was a uh, it was my granddaughter's 18th birthday. We went to celebrate there with her, my son, my grands, my my other grandkids, my daughter, uh, her uncles and aunts on her uh, dad's side. There were about 13 of us there. That's pretty good. And uh, Yardbird, known for his chicken, obviously, they ordered what's called the whole bird, which is a whole chicken, parts, Mm -hmm. and waffles. And it comes, it's it's interesting the way they set it up because uh, they put the waffles on one side, they put the chicken, which is fried in a basket, but it's a vertical basket, not a horizontal basket, if you get what I'm saying. So it, it becomes tall, and then they got watermelon on the side, and they tell you they they, they suggest that you kind of eat it all in the same kind of bite, so to speak, so that you get a kind of a fusion of all of it, and it's all pretty interesting. Uh, and it was good. It was I, good. How did that work out? It was good. I don't think I ever ate all three of them at the same time. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't. I had I'm to saying. put the watermelon yeah. in as a palate cleanser. Yeah, there you for go. For me, I'm, I'm not. Other I people, I'm not a chicken and waffle. Like if I go to chicken and waffles, I've had chicken and waffles, but hell, I end up eating them separate. Yeah, okay, I just sent you a picture of it so you can see what it looked like. Yeah, it's better than them water bottles that you sent me. Okay, man. And then uh, now that's what uh, that's what they ordered. I actually ordered something I would never order ordinarily, which was. Something called some lemon zest pancakes, mm-hmm. and they were actually uh, they were pancakes with some kind of zesty lemon thing on the plate with some blueberries, and they had like some lemon meringue on top of the pancakes. And I didn't like that; that was too much for me. But it, when I just rubbed the pan, I sent you a copy of the pancakes. When I just put the pancakes in that lemon zest stuff, that was pretty tasty. Only thing is, I, I tried to stay away from carbs so much that I was full on the pancakes after about six or seven bites. Uh, so I then proceeded to pass them to my son, who seemed like he could. There's no end to how much he can eat at one sitting. Yeah, he days. got that. He got that damn metabolism. That young man Bruh. metabolism right there. And that, especially because he on this workout program, yeah, so that, he just burned head, through it. That head in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> looking like a yeah. damn. Looking like a damn ostrich in the sand. Sticking his head in the refrigerator. Yeah, my son was like that. Both of exactly. Them. Mm-hmm. So the uh, so Yardbird was terrific. The food was good. Um, you know, so it was. Uh, it was. I would that, highly that recommend stuff, it. That looked pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, and how about this? I didn't realize this. Uh, my granddaughter, obviously, she had been there before because she's like, "Can I get the lobster mac?" I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." She said, you sure? I said, why are you asking? Uh-oh. She said, well, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it can be expensive. I said, for lobster mac? Let me look at the menu. So I look at the menu, and it's the first time in my life, because I've had lobster mac before. I like mac and cheese. I like lobster mac and cheese. I really yeah. have. I had it at uh, Pappas Brothers. It was fantastic. One of the things I love over there. Never had it. Dog. This had MP next to the price. Market. And for those, those of y'all who don't know, that means market price. Yeah. I just sent you a picture of that too. And I was like, market price? Oh, yeah. I said, are they putting a, I'm thinking to myself, are they putting a whole damn lobster in there? <laughs> the damn sure are. <laughs> they put the whole damn lobster in there, yeah. and then they put the lobster on top of the mac and cheese so that you can see that they used the whole damn lobster. I just sent a picture to you, dog. Yeah, I got it. 
So, uh, uh, so it was uh, it was good. It was fantastic, and uh, it was a good time. And so oh. again, if you're gonna spend the money, at least you need to enjoy the meal. Yeah, y'all bird looked pretty good. To this last picture because my grandson came over. He's like, "Is that lobster dead?" Like, what do you think? He's like, turn it around so I can see what's inside of it. Yeah, they don't. He's uh, like, can I pull the antennas out? I said, no. Yeah. Don't go there and sit down, boy. Yeah, my son did that. My youngest son did that when he was little. We, Me and my oldest son was tanned some crawfish up. You there? And he, yeah, I'm here. Hello? Yeah, I'm yeah. here. Oh. You, you show disappeared. Must be like I disappear sometime. You got uh, me. So anyway, that's uh, that wraps up. Hey, you got me. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. So well, I told ahead. my grandson, sit down, stay away from the lobster head. Yeah. And, uh, we packed up soon thereafter. Yeah, my kids uh, do that but, with crawfish. My kids just do that with crawfish. They say, "How you can eat that? The eyes is on there. Hey, it's all good." <laughs> but yeah, that sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, y'all birds sound pretty good. All right. All right, man. The, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on real quick is your Texas Rangers. And I get that sports is a dirty game, man. I get that it's a business. But I'm just here to tell you. all uh, You'll know the answer tomorrow, probably by the time you read, by the time you listen to the podcast. Adolis Garcia is having his arbitration hearing today. He wants $6.9 million a year from the Rangers for one year. The Rangers are offering... $5 million a year. The Rangers have had not had an arbitration hearing go to the actual hearing since the year 2000. Because what it does is it creates a, it creates a contentious situation where the team is telling you, you suck, man. You're not this, you're not that. You stink, you need to improve on this. Why? So that they don't have to pay you. And then your person comes in and says, hey, my guy's great, he's wonderful, he's fantastic. Why? Because you're trying to get the money. And if you lose, how do you think that player feels after the hearing? Oh, so I'm all of that. Well, F y'all then, Doc. And here's why I think if you watch the Rangers, you follow the Rangers, you know damn well what Garcia meant to them in the playoffs last year. El Bombay. El Bombay. He is among the reasons they won the World Series. They could not win it without him and Corey Seager and a few other guys. It was a team effort, but clearly El Bombay was the driving force with some of those key hits he had as they took down the Astros in the ALCS. And to me, man, the reason why you pay that guy, even if you don't want to, even if he's like, man, I don't know. The reason why as an organization, you should just say, you know what, Doug? Our organization is worth $120 trillion or whatever it is. Here go $2 million for you, man, because you meant that much to us. Plus, He's already 30 years old, man, and he hadn't reached free agency yet because he, uh, you know, he came over from Cuba and he had to defect and he's gone through a real personal journey. And the reality is it's going to be hard for him to ever really get paid because of his age. And by the time he reached free agency, he's going to be 33, 34. And who's going to give him that big, big money at that age? Right. So to me, you don't have to give it to him. But the greater good is to say, we know what you meant to our team. We know that your personal set of circumstances means you're not really going to get the big, you know, $200 million contract that a lot of other guys are going to get, the $300 million contract that, you know, Seager got or 175 that Simeon got. 
but we appreciate everything you did for us. And two million to us in the big picture is not a lot of money for a professional sports You're franchise. The difference between what he wants. What? Yeah, six point nine and five million. Yeah, it's one point nine million. Well, I think you know I'm not the biggest bigger baseball. I'm not as good a baseball guy as you, but I'm gonna go team wise. The Mavericks won the championship and they broke the band up and they never they never sniffed it again. You got to keep the band together. You got to keep your group together. You got to keep what we talking about chemistry. You got to keep that together because. That dude meant everything to the swagger, the chemistry, the momentum yeah. of the Rangers, and I can't believe and he they, gonna still they, be here, huh? He gonna be here, but you, the yeah, point is, why would you squeeze you want, that dude? You want him happy. You want you, him happy. You, you want him. You want you want the team happy. You don't want you don't want him to be here, and then you know his ass start pouting. Or he don't. You no, understand you what I'm want, saying? You Just, want him to feel appreciated. That's right. That's and the right. only way you show appreciation in sports is with money. Yeah. Pats on the back, yeah, whatever, dog. Yeah. Show me the money. That's yeah. how you show appreciation in sports. Uh, let's hope Chris Young and the Rangers make a good decision. Yeah. Show him the money. Well, that's uh, he of, deserves it. He's earned it. That's part of bringing the band back together. Everybody got to yeah. be happy. You know, let's do it. No, uh, no doubt. Uh, Adolis Garcia, brought to you today, since Clarence Hill isn't here, by Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. Hey, y'all. This is the last day to order the big game pack from Smokey John's Barbecue. That's a uh, gallon brisket queso, four pounds of wings, two pounds of ribs, chips, I mean brownies. It don't get no better than that. All for $139.95. All you got to do is go to the website, order it. It's, uh, it's worth it. Smokey John's Barbecue is love in your mouth. Whether we're talking about the Jam Session Bowl, wings, ribs, it's all delicious. Um, Now, ordering the Big Game Pack does not preclude you whatsoever from getting that Jam Session Bowl. Not at all. And you can get the Jam Session Bowl. That's a bowl with uh, mac and cheese or mashed potatoes as a base. Two out of five smoked meats. I like to rock with the brisket and the sausage. And then all the fantastic stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato like chives and sour cream and bacon bits and cheese and butter. All of that good stuff. It is love in your mouth. Mm-mm-mm. Taste it. Hey, all of that. Then they say, you want us to drizzle it with sauce or drench it? It's your choice. Do what makes you feel good. And then, hey, trust me, it's enough for two people. Easy. Uh, if you got a little shorty, three of y'all can eat off of it. No problem whatsoever. You can also go to the website, go to the marketplace, get the sauce or the rub sent to the crib. They got a new 12-ounce bottle of the rub. It's fantastic. I personally used it on some popcorn just the other day. Real talk, real talk. And then, uh, you know, don't forget that you can also uh, go to HEB and find a rub on the store shelves all over Texas. So it don't matter where you're at. But if you're in Dallas, go to Burleson, McKinney, Wasahatchee, wherever. It's on the shelves. Smokey John's Barbecue Rub on the shelves. It's available. Get some, all right? Trust me. You'll, you can thank me later. Real talk. Uh, we always like to thank Greening Law. Without them, show doesn't make it. We can't make the show happen. And uh, you can find the book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men. Uh, you can find it all over the you know, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, 
Amazon.com, wherever you find books, it's easily findable. Just type in Coach Prime book, bam, pops up easy. All right. So uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, we want to thank everybody for being part of the show. Till we chat again, you guys be blessed.